Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Sean Eck Roy. Sean Eck, you are the founder and CEO of Yellow Dig. Yellow Dig is found on the web at yellowdig.co. Sean Eck, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Josh, great to be here. Yeah, and, and so what is, uh, I'm on the website right now, looks really cool. What is Yellow Dig? So we are uh, an education technology company, so a software company for education institutions. So we license our product to colleges, universities, high schools, companies which are offering engaging learning experiences to their audiences. Yeah, and what makes Yellow Dig better than other learning uh, management platforms, LMSs or, or other learning platforms? It, it sounds like there's some cool features that, that you've really brought to the table. Yeah, so it's it has a lot of new features, um, you know, that the modern learners would come to expect. You know, most of the audience could be of various ages where we all are used to uh, social media, you know, various uh, really high quality experiences. But when it goes to learning, often the experience is kind of very static. Go to this portal, watch this video, do this assignment. It does. It's not that interacting, engaging. Um, so that's the big difference, I would say, but it also goes beyond it. Um, you know, we are also a company, we call ourselves an education company. So we, we you know, delve into various research uh, that are being done in cognitive psychology, how people learn, and we incorporate those kind of things into our platform so that people can learn better when they're using our platform. Um, okay, so, if, you know, from a student standpoint, why is Yellow Dig better than just, you know, again, more of a static experience. What what am I actually experiencing that like, oh, this is kind of cool. I mean, because yeah, ultimately so what we want is we want to be successful, right? We want successful students. We want them to, uh, you know, truly learn, discover, retain, and, and succeed with, with this new knowledge. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, you know, in terms of learning, there's a lot of work that has been done, a lot of research that has happened. But what we typically find is that only 10% of learning happens through formal instruction. About mm. 90% of learning is essentially interaction with your peer group, with your instructor, asking questions, critical thinking, ideating. And about 70% uh, of the remaining is essentially how you apply what you learn in the real world. Could be in project that you're working on, could be a job that you're in. And, you know, that is where learning happens. But very often, if you kind of go to any learning environment, could be in person, could be online, the experience is very kind of, I would say, static, where you as a learner listening to videos, listening to a lecture, processing and learning it, you think you're learning, but you're not quite learning because you're not applying it right away. So technology has a big role to play there, um, you know, because those interactions or participations is not easy, especially at scale. Uh, if you have a big classroom, how do you make sure that all 50 students can interact with one another? It's just not possible if you have just one hour with them. 
So that's what we make happen. So in our platform, if you're using Yellowdig, you're not only learning from your instructor, but you're also interacting with your peer group. And there are ways of interacting. We drive case studies, simulations, a variety of ways of getting you engaged around the subject matter. Yeah. Um, why, uh, why do you think that is that this, you know, kind of like the interacting, why do you think, you know, just from a psychological standpoint, why do you think that that's so critical to the learning process? Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of research around active learning where uh, when, when you, you know, we all like a good lecture where we you know, love to watch a good tech talk, but what happens is that even if you are inspired by the talk, you don't really learn much and the learning goes away very quickly. It doesn't really transmit to your long-term memory. And the way to kind of really move things from a short-term memory to a long-term memory is being active around what we are learning. Um, and that's where the participation comes into play. That's when, you know, kind of even the very fact that you learned a piece of knowledge, but you applied it to something you have already learned in the past, like just that mm -hmm. basic thinking will actually help learners to become more, kind of long-term oriented in the learning. Um, and that doesn't happen that well. Like we all know our great teachers, right? We we know that teacher that I we went to and we spend a, you know, maybe some time and they really got us engaged in the subject matter in a different way beyond a lecture. Uh, we all know that, but it doesn't happen often. Um, and, and that's kind of where we are playing. We are providing this engaged learning environment, which any professor in any college or any instructor from any company can integrate into their existing learning programs. We don't change anything in what they're designing. It becomes a layer on top, which essentially enables this active, engaged environment, which otherwise would not come together. Um, wonderful. I, you know, I, I, I think what was the example that uh, that I heard is like, you know, if we think back to those of us who, you know, took. Um, you know, algebra in, uh, in, in high school, you know, how many of us can recite the Pythagorean theorem and, you know, unless you use it and do it regularly after school, you probably don't remember it. But if you were to ask the average person, okay, describe for me what happened during your first kiss. It's like, well, <laughs> one of them was very experiential and the other one was kind of like, you memorized it and kind of like, well, I didn't really need it. So, you know, in, in one ear out the other eventually. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll give you a very good example there. The algebra example is a great one. I mean, you know, imagine you're learning, um, organic chemistry. Uh, and then you are discussing not only just those bonds between carbon and hydrogen, but you're also discussing apple juice, for example, is an organic compound. What is apple juice made of? Like, you know, we we see in our platform, students are actually discussing those real things and starting to really take interest about things that they're learning and connecting with things that they are interacting on a day-to-day -day basis. That very interaction, even though they're not quite applying organic chemistry, but just the very fact that they can relate it in a different way leads to better learning environments. And, and those kind of interactions are very much possible using technology, right? I mean, you can you don't have to really milk, make anything. You can just discuss it on an online platform and learn from it. So tell me about Yellowdig, the company, in terms of, uh, you know, how you've grown uh, through academia. And, and I know that you have quite a few uh, clients or partners involved. Uh, how, how does that all work? So we, um, you know, we have different ways of working with institutions. So we kind of uh, make it very simple for them to kind of work with us. So if they want to adopt our product or technology for one course,
They can buy a license from us and we will train them and we'll integrate the product and they'll get going from there. Or they can also adopt us at across the institution where you know we will make it available for every course, every program that they are using. Um, the, the way we have adopted, we have got to the adoption that we have come to today. We work with over 150 universities uh, in the US and some part, wow. other parts of the world. Um, is by you know essentially making initially the product free uh, to a lot of instructors. Uh, we launched in 2019, um, you know, right before the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, um, we decided to kind of you know make it available to a lot of users who can try the product, see how it works for them, and if they like the experience, we can kind of you know sell into them. So we we kind of took a very different approach in the market. Um, and what we have seen is that you know especially in our case where selling into academia is not an easy sale. I mean, mm. you know, any any kind of sale in academia or healthcare, any of these verticals, you know, especially a lot of software companies are going into these vertical industries is a pretty complicated sale. So, you know, adopting a, what, what I would call is a bottom-up strategy to kind of build relationships with the buyers and then slowly kind of selling into the product has quite, quite worked for us. And, and of course, it looks like that um, integrations are probably pretty important as well for encouraging people to adopt. So in other words, it's not like they have to, um, you know, junk everything that they've been doing for years and years and years, they can actually integrate into Yellow Dig. How do the APIs and the integration work? Yeah, so we um, integrate with almost every learning systems which are out there. So if a school is using a learning system A, like you may have heard of these systems called Blackboard or Canvas or others out there, uh, they don't have to do anything. They just uh, you know add us in. It takes five minutes to do an integration with our platform. And automatically we will transfer the students all the information into our platform and make it a very seamless one-click experience for the students. So um, that pretty much has been important for us, but I would say that any company that is building a vertical business, mm. uh, you know, integration is important because I don't think any of these buyers would buy a technology that doesn't work with existing systems. Yeah, you know, I, I do. I like this from a, you know, just thinking from a, uh, you know, kind of an enterprise level sales process. It's like, if you can make it ridiculously easy for people to just start using your tool and platform, boy, does that help. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I I agree with that. And back in the days, you know, when we started the company like five years back or seven years now, a um, lot of software companies in education were the, the exactly the other way, which is it takes about three years to launch um, any new product. It has a whole bunch of data migration. Um, and and th those businesses was possible like seven years back. But if you want to start a similar business now, which takes like more than a certain time to actually get started, it won't be successful. Um, so I, I think that has definitely been a big part of our success so far. And I, you know, it's just kind of looking, Sean, at, at your social media. And one thing that I think that you've been sharing is, you know, as if we think of ourselves, you know, as teachers, as coaches, people who are trying to, you know, improve the lives of those that were, you know, entrusted with um, to, to help them understand a concept. I, I love and have always been such a fan of, you know, continually instilling a love of learning, creating lifelong learners, a passion for education and never ending in, in that process. And I, boy, I forget what book, I think it was a, um, I think it was Freakonomics that, that mm -hmm. talked about, you know, uh, you know, studies that, you know, one of the best things that parents can do 
to create great students is not so much about you know forcing them to do homework and forcing them to study, but it's modeling a passion for learning. And I would imagine Yellow Dig kind of taps into that as well. Yes, absolutely. I, th I think you know you use the word lifelong learners. And uh, we we try to create that through our platform. And, and the way we do this, and you kind of alluded to that, which is really finding the passion and joy in learning. You know, if you if you're studying, you know, algebra or chemistry, and if you feel that it's a very painful thing, you're not quite connecting what you're learning, you're just learning for a exam. If it's all that you're doing is that like absorbing the content and writing an exam, you're never going to find the joy or passion in what you're learning. And it's very unlikely that you're going to come back to the same subject matter like five years down the line because you'll always think that, oh, that wasn't that fun. And nobody as humans, we don't want to do things that we don't find enjoyable. So I think I think the thing, that, as you were pointing out, is that which is, um, you know, for us to really think about this learning culture, we have to think about not only just the content that we are making it available, but how we are interacting with our learners and how we are making it more enjoyable for them in terms of learning from one another uh, so that it becomes a habit. Yeah. So where did uh, where did Yellow Dig come from? I, how did it? You know, what was the inception? You know, was that you? It sounds like you know that you were it probably just came upon. Well, you tell me the origin story. I'd love to hear it, Sean Eck. <laughs> well, like any origin stories, it wasn't that well planned. I mean, looking backwards, I can probably tell you a very clear story. But if I were to go back like seven, eight years back. When I was starting with Yellow Dig, I don't think it was a clear story where we would want to be here. I think it started with my interest in building a company using technology, uh, because I do believe that technology is going to shape the future in very many industries. And uh, so I kind of had that vision. And then I also like uh, learning and education. You know, I grew up in a family where we always valued education. I grew up in India, came to the US, did my master's and things like that. And I, I kind of feel that that's an area I'm interested in, um, and I could see some opportunities to make learning better using technology. That's how it started. Um, and then over the years, I think, you know, working with clients, trying different approaches, kind of working with our team, um, we have been very nimble in our approach in terms of kind of finding the right product market fit um, has come to this point. Um, so I would kind of say that I'm not... Uh, uh, kind of proverbial like educator who knows about 30 years of teaching experience wants to build something and that wasn't the case at all uh, it was more like it was a passion for me and it kind of over time I've learned what I've learned yeah where I, so uh, this is this is the question I've been excited to ask you for for some time is where are we going what is the future of of learning well, I, I would say it's actually very good. Uh, you know, there's a lot of negativity right now. I'll tell you, like, if you open any newspaper or whatnot, like you say that colleges are not delivering, the cost has become very expensive. Uh, students are not graduating at the same rate. They're not finding the jobs that they want. They're like under, like, you know, for example, you get a degree in like something and you work at a Starbucks, you know, may not actually deliver the right results that you were hoping for. There's a lot of negativity right now, but I think what is being missed out is that there's a tremendous revolution happening in learning where students are learning from everywhere, right? So if you are a learner, if you have that passion for learning, you can learn from Google, you can learn from YouTube, you can learn to take a certification course from Coursera or edX, like 50 bucks, right? Or you can go to your neighboring college, right? And get a degree. So I think we are in this kind of 
massive movement from a very traditional industrial way of learning to a much more flexible, a much more real-time, much more digitally oriented way of learning. And there's a lot of confusion right now because of we are through that change. So I would say that it's just going to play out in the next five, 10 years. But I think where we are going to land is a place where if you are a true learner, if you're truly interested, you will have five different options of learning. And depending on how much time and money you want to spend, you can you know learn that topic. Uh, and I think we're just on that journey right now. So, so it's almost like a choose your own adventure, uh, which which is great because I you know I think you know when I think of like how I love to learn, I, I'm just boy, it's it's tougher for me to sit down and read a textbook. But man, do I love a great audio, you know, or I can go walk my dog, kind of get the surface level information. And then again, like we were talking about earlier, kind of really start working with that data or that new information. And, and that's where it really starts to assimilate. And, and so I like that. So I think technology just gives us the opportunity to work better with students. And, and, and I, I love, I think if we look historically, it, it wasn't uh, very adaptable. It, it was a, I think education is by and large, just a one size fits all. And I, I think really interestingly too, uh, that, you know, when we look at like, for example, our kids and man, some kids just really do well in that institutional, very one size fits all. You got to conform and, you know, just kind of fit the mold. Well, you know, not every kid is like that. I can think of my own children. Some just excel in different, you know, it's like if you let them just pursue their passion for learning, oh my gosh, especially my youngest is, you know, just a voracious appetite for knowledge. But, you know, acad academically, he does pretty well, but still, he doesn't enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. No, I mean, I think the the system that you're explaining is that, you know, when I was growing up and I have two daughters too, we used to, we had to fit into a system, right? We'll go to the school and the school will have a system and we just fit into it. And if you don't fit into it, good luck, right? Good luck. Maybe you have to drop out or do something else. I think the where the opportunity is right now is to be very much learner focused, where I, as an individual, I go through the system, but I have a lot of flexibility around what I want to learn, my passions and how I, areas I want to be interested in. I, th I think that is coming. And a lot of the younger kids, I, I see them automatically actually finding those resources themselves. They're not waiting to oh, yeah. go to the class. They are actually becoming experts in things that they are interested in on their own. Yep. They need a little bit of motivation, a little bit of passion and the right kind of group, right? And the group can be online too. So you don't have to be like finding your friends in the same neighborhood. You can join the online group, which is excited about learning Korean, for example, you want to learn Korean, there's a group for that. And you just go and join that group and then learn with them. And then also, you know, don't feel alone as well at the same time. So there's so much of innovation possible in this space with technology is just mind boggling. And the amount of resources that we have access to today with, you know, great, you know, teachers and, and coaches and, you know, and, and educators uh, that are leveraging social media, they're teaching on YouTube. And um, I, I know I see my kids uh, very actively supplementing when they don't understand something like, just like you said, I'm gonna go find the answer. And as you know, fast forward, you know, five, 10 minutes, 20 minutes later, they're like, no, yeah, I got it. I found it exactly what I needed. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. So that it is really, really cool. I, it's it's a very exciting era, I think, that we're living in. And I think the future is uh I'm optimistic. I'm pretty optimistic. 
Um, Shonek, um, who is an ideal client uh, for Yellow Dig at this point? Well, our clients are colleges and universities. I mean, uh, even though we work with high school and corporate training programs, but those are smaller portion of our business now. So ideally would be anybody. Like we work with uh, top universities like Arizona State University to Harvard University to you know University of Florida and others. Uh, anybody, any, all of these big institutions, the way we kind of talk to them is that they all are trying to innovate the future, right? They have, they're kind of working under the current constraints. Um, there are a lot of regulations, a lot of constraints in higher education or education broadly. So universities cannot change in day one to be something completely else, but they can adopt technologies that drive better learning outcomes for their students, right? Purely complementing to what they already have. And that's exactly what we do. So when we go to a school, we kind of, help them saying that you don't have to change the, your current operation, but you can layer on top uh, certain technologies that's just going to drive better outcomes for your students. The website, yellowdig.co, when somebody goes there, what would you recommend they do? Yeah, you just go there. There's plenty of case studies, uh, lots of materials for various uh, schools, colleges, universities that are using our product and the kind of benefits they're seeing. So I would probably dig into that first. And if you want to talk to us, see a demo of the platform or whatnot, I mean, you, you can easily uh, request through the website and one of our team members will reach out to you. Fantastic. And that website is yellowdig.co. Sean Ackroy, your founder and CEO, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no, Josh, it was great uh, talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week. You are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.